Good morning. morning. And welcome to worship today. Special welcome to friends, guests, visitors we have with us. We are so glad that you are here today. And welcome as well to those who are joining us online or by phone. We're glad that you're able to be with us in that way too. A few announcements before we begin. Um, First of all, today um, is a day of service for us. We're developing our partnership with the local elementary school, Lowell. And uh, so we've got two service projects going on after church for anyone who is able to stick around or wants to participate. Um, One will be downstairs. We're putting together teacher appreciation bags for the staff and the teachers down at Lowell. Um, uh, We'll have a little assembly line going. We also need a few people to help write handwritten notes of encouragement. So if you're able to stick around even for a few minutes to write a few notes, that would be a big help. And the other one is weather dependent. Uh, If it's raining, we'll probably go downstairs and join the gift bag crew. If it's not raining, a few of us are going over to the uh, playground to help uh, take some weeds and kind of tidy the playground to make it look good for the first day of school. So if you're able to uh, uh, take part in that, uh, uh, join us after church. This is uh, part of what we call our God's Work Our Hands Sunday uh, service day. Um, We typically do that the first Sunday after Labor Day, but we moved a little bit earlier this year to take part in a citywide day of service um, that other churches, there are 15 other churches that are doing service projects this weekend, um, primarily for schools. So uh, if you're able to stick around and take part in that, uh, be pleased to have you. Uh, We've got a few things kind of starting back up um, this fall. Uh, the choir is about to start rehearsing again, so if you are a singer or interested in learning more about singing, uh, please see Wendy about, uh, about choir rehearsals. Uh, we're also getting ready to send out a fall newsletter, so if you have any items that you would like in the newsletter, or if you have any questions about things that you would like to see in the newsletter, uh, please talk to Dina or to I sometime this week. And then I did want to uh, point out that tomorrow, um, August 29th, will be the 15th anniversary of our music director, uh, Wendy Ward, joining the staff. Uh, and we're, uh, let, let's give her a round of applause for that, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> so we're very fortunate to have, have someone with Wendy's gifts here at Trinity. Uh, but we're going to postpone our celebration of that uh, until the Sunday after Labor Day. So on the Sunday after Labor Day, September 11th, we're going to have cake downstairs uh, to uh, give thanks for Wendy and her gifts and her time here at Trinity. Um, there are a couple of other announcements in, in the bulletin about the women's retreat coming up and anyone who's interested in helping to water the new landscaping. Uh, please read those over when you have a chance. Are there any other announcements we should make today? If not, we will begin our service uh, with our prelude music.
Please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not followed your path, but have chosen our own way. Instead of putting others before ourselves, we long to take the best seats at the table. When met by those in need, we have too often passed by on the other side. Set us again on the path of life, save us from ourselves, and free us to love our neighbors. Hear the good news. God does not deal with us according to our sins, but delights in granting pardon and mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. You are free to love as God loves.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Ever-giving God, you invite us to confess your name by sharing your wealth with the world. Riches of humility, grace, love, tenderness, and compassion. Guide us in ways of generosity, sharing all that we have been given with the world around us. In the name of Jesus Christ, the one who gives and gives again. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. The first reading is from the 25th chapter of Proverbs. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great, for it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. Word of God, word of life. It is good for them to be generous in lending and to manage their affairs with justice. Trusting in the Lord, their heart is established and will not shrink until they see their desire upon their enemies. They have given freely to the poor, and their righteousness stands fast forever.
The second reading is from the 13th chapter of Hebrews. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison, as though you were in prison with them. Those who are being tortured, as though you yourselves were being tortured. Let marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled. For God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Through him, then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Word of God, word of life. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 14th chapter. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guest, guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when the host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Welcome to the banquet of the Lord, my friends. All are indeed welcome, but we are a bit mad around here. Up is down, 
down is up, the proud are brought low, the humble are exalted, the outcasts and the misfits are the guests of honor. We're told today that Jesus is the dinner guest of one of the leaders of the Pharisees, and it's the Sabbath. So if you want to guess what's going to happen, there's going to be a bit of a disagreement. We've seen this before. First, and we skipped over this part in the chapter, Jesus heals a man with dropsy. And Jesus reiterates his teaching that we heard last week about healing on the Sabbath. And then Jesus launches into his teaching about humility and hospitality with some advice for when you are a guest and for when you are a host. And that's what we read today. He says, when you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor. Instead, he says, go and sit down at the lowest place, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Up is down, and down is up. You must imagine the people at this dinner party jockeying for a position. We all know what that looks like, right? Trying to get in with the right crowd, be seen by the right people. I heard it said recently, and I had never heard it put this way before, that sometimes people seem to ask you what you do for a living so they can calculate the level of respect that they need to give you. Now, I'm not so cynical to think that that is entirely true. I think it is possible to ask this out of genuine curiosity as you're building a relationship with someone, but I do think there is an element of truth to it. We often get into a room and we start to put ourselves into the pecking order. I'm reminded of the lunchroom scene from the 2004 movie Mean Girls. I don't know who all has seen that movie. Maybe some of you know it, but you don't need to know the film to know the feeling because it's something we've all experienced in some way. In the opening scene of the movie, the main character, Katie Heron, is holding her lunch tray and looking for a place to sit in the cafeteria. You see, Katie is the new kid in school because for 12 years her family has been living in Africa and she's been homeschooled there, so she's never been to high school before. Now she's 16, they've moved back to the States, she doesn't have any friends, she's the new kid in school with her lunch tray. So in this opening scene, we watch as she tries to find a spot at a table. We've all experienced that, right? We may not have had this exact experience, but I think every one of us at some point, and maybe some of us more often than others, have felt out of place or excluded or unsure where our spot is. At the end of the scene, Katie decides it's easier to go hide in the bathroom and sit in the stall and eat her lunch there than to try and find a spot at a table. Soon enough in the story, though, she is taken in by a couple of high school outsiders, uh, Damien and Janice. They draw a diagram for her of the cafeteria that shows her where all the different cliques sit in the cafeteria and describe the hierarchy of popularity and power going all the way up to the table with the plastics which is where the most popular girls in school sit, including Regina, Spe uh, Regina who is the uh, uh, apex predator <laughs> in, the, in the high school food chain. So the real drama of the movie happens when Katie is invited by the popular girls to sit with, with them instead of with her outcast friends, Damien and Janice. So maybe if we were to re tell the story that Jesus tells, the parable that Jesus says of this wedding banquet for today's option, we might not pick the wedding banquet because in his culture this was a week-long celebration, everyone knew what they meant, but we might pick instead the high school cafeteria. If you have ever felt awkward with your lunch tray, don't go looking for the popular kids in school, Jesus might say. Look for someone who needs a friend or the table that will let you be your weird, awkward self. Or if you see someone without a spot, maybe that's your opportunity to wave them over. Such is the kingdom, right? But Jesus 
takes this parable of the wedding banquet, and in our day, the lunch cafeteria room, uh, and ups the ante even more in the second half of the teaching. He pushes us a little bit past our comfort zone, I think. He says, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, if you are the host in this case, do not just go and invite your friends and your brothers or relatives or think of some rich neighbor that you want to win over. Instead, when you give a banquet, invite the marginalized and those who are left out. That's how to throw a party Jesus style. I think most of us, when we imagine throwing a dinner party or a backyard barbecue, we think of inviting those closest to us, those who make us feel the most relaxed, people who we have something in common with. We think of family or friends or coworkers, maybe someone uh, that we want to get to know better because we think that they have something they can give us, someone with, uh, with power or connections. But Jesus expands our guest lists today. What are we to make of these two teachings? Where is the good news here? The first is about being a guest, taking the lowest seat. The other is about being a host and welcoming the outsider. Now, some commentators see Jesus simply as sharing some common wisdom, especially in the first half. After all, Jesus isn't saying anything new in the first part of this parable. Jesus is repeating what Proverbs 25 said in our first reading, that if you want to get ahead, you should uh, try and humble yourself. Turns into an own, own kind of self-exaltation game, right? But others see in these words, in this parable, as the text describes it, as a glimpse of a new reality, a reality inaugurated by Jesus, a glimpse of what God's dinner party looks like, of God's dream breaking into the world's nightmares. You see, these teaching about table manners can seem pretty mundane. Is a table with a bunch of people chewing in close proximity to you the place where you expect to find God? You might expect Jesus to teach us how to find God in a month-long retreat on the top of a mountain, or in hours of solitary reflection, or maybe in, in advanced study. But that's not what Jesus teaches. For Jesus, our spirituality doesn't mean very much if it doesn't translate to the table that we share with other people. Our spirituality doesn't mean much if it doesn't, uh, if it doesn't take off in connection and in relationship with those that we don't, we don't often associate with. A few years back, Rowan Williams, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, wrote a book called Where God Happens, Discovering Christ in One Another. It's a book about desert monasticism, but what stuck with me is this idea that God, in most of our imaginations, is this big being somewhere out there or this uh, being that we find within ourself. But according to Williams, the place where God happens is actually between us, in our relationships, in the people that we meet each day. That like Jesus says, it takes two or three gathered for him to be present. I think that means that we need to be in community and in relationship. That our spirituality does not mean much if it doesn't translate to our table fellowship. And where better to encounter God, for God to happen, than when we sit down and share a meal? In Luke's Gospel and in the sequel to Luke's Gospel, the book of Acts, nothing can be more serious than the dining table. The dining table, according to Luke's story of Jesus, is the place of divine encounter. Just think about it. How did Jesus spend his last night with his disciples? With a meal. How did he first appear to them after the resurrection on the road to Emmaus? In a meal. And in the book of Acts, how did the disciples first hear that they were going to receive the Spirit and then receive a great commission from Jesus? It was at a meal. And how did Jews and Gentiles, people who never got along before, form a church together? They did it by sharing a meal. A meal, our tables, our table here, is not a place to jockey for position. 
It's not a place to identify who is the most popular at the table or to limit our interaction to only those who think and look and act like us. A meal shared with others is one place where God is most likely to happen. Our churches should not look like the high school cafeteria in Mean Girls. We should not have cliques or hierarchies. It should look like a meal where all come forward equally, receiving the same amount of bread, the same wine, a common feast. There are not special positions here at our table. Everyone is welcomed just as they are. Instead, our church, our community, our lives should follow the example of Jesus who humbled himself even to the point of the cross. And in that humbling, he was exalted. Jesus calls us to his table by his rules where there is always room for everyone. Our homes, likewise, and this is where we're pushed a little bit further, should not be closed off and only open to those who are our friends and family. Jesus challenges us to break bread with those beyond our comfort zones because we believe God will meet us there. We believe God is waiting to meet us in the people we, and places that we least expect. But before I conclude, I want to turn things on its head one more time. I think many of us, and I'll speak primarily for myself here, picture ourselves as the gracious host welcoming the poor and marginalized. Many churches function this way. We feel much more comfortable be serving, be, uh, to be the servant than to be the one who is the recipient of someone else's grace. Perhaps we feel more comfortable as the one with power or as the one with resources and positions. But what if you are like me? What if we are to place ourselves in the shoes of those who are standing outside the banquet today? We've all been there at one point in time. I want you to connect with that part of yourself. That part of you standing awkwardly with your lunch tray, hoping that you'll see a spot for you. Because that is us, that is our neighbor. And I have good news for you today, my dear siblings. There is one who has a place for you. He is waiting for you to accept the invitation. He is waving you over to the spot that is saved for you. He is calling you to the table today. This is a place where God happens and a banquet where God is for you. And that invitation, that uh, welcome is extended not only here, but into your homes for the sake of the world. May the presence and hospitality of Christ meet you today. And may it make us the people that our hungry world needs us to be. Amen.
leaders of creation, we pray. Uphold all deacons, pastors, and bishops who serve and teach your people. We pray especially for our synod bishop, Joy Mortensen Weavey. Awaken in your church a spirit of invitation that reaches ever outward. Merciful God, receive our prayer. For the well-being of creation and its inhabitants, we pray. Stir in us reverent awe for the beauty of the natural world, for oceans and lakes, rivers and streams, forests and deserts, especially the Cherokee Marsh and Token Creek Conservatory. Merciful God, receive our prayer. For the nations and peoples of the world, we pray. Sustain the efforts of those who pursue justice and equity for all. Defend and accompany all immigrants and refugees and all who are persecuted for their ethnic origin or religious beliefs. Merciful God, receive our prayer. For all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, we pray. Be present with those who live in isolation or fear, especially those who are incarcerated or detained. Pour out your spirit on all people living with illness for which there is no cure. Comfort all who are sick or grieving, especially Jane, Jackie, Sharon, and those we name now aloud or silently. Merciful God, for this congregation and its ministries, we pray. Prepare children, teachers, and youth ministry directors for a new year of learning. Embolden our witness to invite others to the table. Merciful God, for all the saints who confess God's name, we give thanks. May we cling to the promise of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Merciful God. A place where people can flourish, where people will learn uh, how to be in community with one another. We give you thanks for the many gifts of our schools. We lift up especially today Lowell Elementary for all the teachers, students, and staff there and for their families. Merciful God. Receive our prayer. Receive the prayers of your children, merciful God, and hold us forever in your steadfast love through Jesus Christ, our holy wisdom. Peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Please take a moment to share a sign of peace with those around you.
please stand if you are able. Let us pray. God of abundance, you have set before us a plentiful harvest. As we feast on your goodness, strengthen us to labor in your field and equip us to bear fruit for the good of all. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, you have brought us this far along the way. In times of bitterness, you did not abandon us, but guided us into the path of love and light. In every age, you sent prophets to make known your loving will for all humanity. The cry of the poor has become your own cry. Our hunger and thirst for justice is your own desire. In the fullness of time, you sent your chosen servant to preach good news to the afflicted, to break bread with the outcast and despised, and to ransom those in bondage to prejudice and sin. Remember on the night in which is betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup gave thanks, gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death and resurrection, we await the day when Jesus shall return to free all the earth from the bonds of slavery and death. Come, Lord Jesus, and let the church say, Amen. Amen. Send your Holy Spirit, our advocate, to fill the hearts of all who share this bread and cup with courage and wisdom to pursue love and justice in all the world. Come, Spirit of freedom, and let the church say amen. Amen. Join our prayers and praise with your prophets and martyrs of every age, that rejoicing in the hope of the resurrection, we might live in the freedom and hope of your Son through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. 
screen today, you'll go to the side aisles and you'll come forward where at the front there are these two side tables where you'll pick up an empty cup and you'll bring that empty cup with you to the railing where it will be filled with wine and where you'll receive bread. If you need or desire grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just grab those on your way, bring them to the railing. Uh, and then when you are done communing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in this bowl by the center aisle and then return to your seat. We want all friends, guests, and visitors to know that your uh, blessing is, your presence is a blessing to us here today. And you're all welcome to commune with us because this is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table. And Jesus invites you to the table. We extend our communion table and fellowship to those joining us online and by phone this morning. We are glad that you are gathered around the Lord's table with us as well. Receive this invitation to communion. In Christ's presence, there is fullness of joy. Come to the banquet. Remember, this is the body of Christ.
please stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Let us pray. Life-giving God, through this meal you have bandaged our wounds and fed us with your mercy. Now send us forth to live for others, both friend and stranger, that all may come to know your love. This we pray in the name of Jesus. One more invitation to join us for our God's Work, Our Hands service projects after church. Uh, and I forgot to say at the beginning of the service that we have a couple of cards in the back. One for Philip, who was our custodian for several years uh, serving here. And another for Bishop Joy and for Darren uh, as Darren begins a new call at Lakeview. So if you have not had a chance to sign those, please sign those on your way out. And with that... The God of peace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you, comfort you, and show you the path of life this day and always.
Trinity Lutheran Church is to proclaim and celebrate the love of Jesus Christ, to live as God's servants in the world, 